1: I'm Stuart McSwain. I'm an Australian long distance runner from 1500 to 10k and I'm from King Island, Australia.
2: I don't want to obviously ask the cliche questions, but sort of how, how's this season been for you so far? And what would you say some of the highlights were this season? Obviously running very quickly in uh, many different races.
1: Um, yeah, I think the the highlights for me was just firstly getting over. Obviously, it was kind of like we were unsure whether we we're going to end up getting the season overseas and then to get over there and run well, um, run a few PBs um, and have a few good races over there was nice, I think. Um, just really, the thing I enjoyed the most is just being competitive in a lot of races over there. I think races like Rome, Doha were obviously pretty special. Um, so I was able to run run fast, but I was also able to compete pretty well. So I think that was that was the big thing I enjoyed that and I, what I'm taking forward from this year.
2: Yeah. Was it like a nightmare to get out there originally? Like, Were you like really worried that you probably weren't going to get or...?
1: Yeah. So for a while, it seemed like a long shot. We just kind of trained and we're like, oh, we've got, because um, we had to apply four weeks before we left. So it was kind of, are we going to get approved to go firstly? And then it's kind of logistically trying to work out how we're going to get over there, um, how it's going to work, what meets are going on ahead. So it was kind of just the unknown, but obviously, yeah, we're able to get everything together and everything fell into place and we're able to have a fair few of the Diamond League meets, which was nice.
2: There's, there's one meeting in particular I want to ask you about because it looked absolutely brutal. That that five thousand meters uh, with Kajelcha, um just on that horrible day in uh, where was it where you did that race?
1: So yeah, that was in the Netherlands. So it kind of was. Um, obviously it's Hangalo, so it's meant to be fast and conditions always. People always say they're good in Netherlands. So I'd never actually been there. So that was the first time I've been there. So I was thinking, oh, it's going to be awesome. No wind. Like conditions going to be perfect. Awesome stadium. And yeah, we turned up. It was absolutely bucketing rain. Probably worst conditions I've ever raced in. So that was kind of a tough way to finish my European season. But I guess I'll um yeah I'll grow from the experience of racing those kind of conditions.
2: Yeah, I, that, that's some mental toughness because like Kajelch, I'm pretty sure went off to like try and get the world record or something, and it was just like, why are you doing that today? Like it's never going to happen, and it just sort of left you in absolute no man's land, sort of running twelve and yeah, half laps. It,
1: it was it was savage. I think he was pretty much running sixty second pace the first five or six laps, and I kind of, in those conditions, if he could have done it, he's probably in about 12, 15 shape. So um, it meant for a long day once once I kind of blew up a little bit because he blew up as well. I think it was just like, you can't, you just can't run that fast in those conditions. Like, it was so windy and raining, but he gave it a good crack, and I just kind of tried to hang on as long as I could as well. Yeah.
2: You, you, you spoke about, obviously, being competitive in those big Diamond League races. It, that's probably a key word this year, being competitive, because it was quite a strange sort of year like you saw like a few guys at the front and then there was like a big gap and then the rest of the field why why do you think that was like why do you think that happened this year because like normally you'd get a lot of everyone like really tight together and this year it just seemed to be like probably you kip Jakob, and chariot and then everyone else sort of was sort of quite a bit behind and no one ever seemed wanted to like no one seemed to want to race basically
1: Yeah, I think a lot of things come into it, but I think a lot of maybe possibly a lot of people weren't ready for the season. Obviously, COVID probably put them back and they kind of weren't sure where the season was going ahead. And then when the season did happen, they probably weren't quite um, at their optimal levels of fitness. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was, obviously some countries had COVID a lot harder. So it's probably a bit harder for a few countries to get over and race as well. Like a lot of the, there weren't heaps of Americans racing over there and stuff. So um, yeah, I think it kind of just depends individually how much the athletes were affected to get to races and stuff. Um, with the depth of a lot of the races as well and
2: if do you know like obviously you have done a lot of quick races this year but if, if you like had to highlight one of sort of being the one where you look back at it and like wow I, I I can't believe I did that or like wow like that's actually really impressive what would you say it is
1: um yeah I'd probably go with Doha just because I kind of went in with a plan that I knew I was in good shape and I kind of just wanted to execute a race um on my terms and not really worry about who I was racing and um I was able to just get to the front behind the rabbit and just stay there and um, not blow up when everyone started reeling me in, in the last lap. So I think, yeah, Doha was kind of my first diamond league win as well. So that's probably the one, the one that I remember most fondly from the season.
2: Yeah. Was, was that 3.30 or was it? Uh,
1: yeah. So that was a 3.35 one. So my, my actual PB, so that kind of made, made that race a bit sweeter as well.
2: Yeah. I, 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 to be fair, I've got to give my favorite of the year to, to that 3000 meter race. Like, just because you just basically no one wanted to take it on did you so you basically front ran straight after the pacemaker until like 300 to go and it's just like I feel like if it wasn't for you everyone would have ended up running about eight um about 735 so that was an impressive race because of how quick it was as well.
1: yeah so so for me that was a good one as well I kind of um was happy how I executed the race going to the front that's what I, how I tried to run in Doha as well I kind of just tried to run to run to the best of my ability and kind of tried to hammer those laps but the only thing there was I thought I was doing enough to hopefully get rid of everyone, and then I still had um, Kip Lemo and um, Jakubin inkabritz and there at the bell, which which obviously is a nice when you think you've um, done enough to hopefully shake a few guys. But um, yeah, it made for an awesome race. That was a big PB for me as well, and I think it was a big PB for the other guys as well. So um, yeah, that's a pretty pretty cool race that I'll um, definitely not forget anytime soon. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if you ever get
2: like a two mile race in because everyone always talks about that sub eight minutes over the two miles, but I feel like. If, if three of you can run like that speed, it's, I don't know, it, the world record's probably challengeable at that distance if you could sort of get a good race together.
1: Yeah, I think, so. I think so. I think it could be. Even I think the 720, like, I think it is doable for guys, especially like guys like Kip Le Mans stuff. I think they can, they can definitely run as quick, if not quicker. So I think, um, yeah, especially over those middle distances, no doubt those records are in touching distance for a few of the guys, which will obviously be cool if they get the chance over the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Like, um, obviously, you've got the ten thousand meter world record that's just been broken, the five thousand meter world record that's just been broken. I feel like the fifteen hundred and sort of like the three k are probably the ones that people see a bit harder to sort of get. But I actually think with the caliber of athletes at the minute, probably probably next year, maybe not this year because it's Olympic year, but next year I feel like some a world record will go over the fifteen or um, the three k, which would be insane to see because obviously you look at the likes of El Guerrouj and Komen and see them as like untouchable records
1: yeah yeah I definitely think they're achievable I think the the hardest one is probably that 800 Rhodesia one which um, took a pretty crazy good athlete but um yeah obviously they're awesome times so it's going to be exciting to see if anyone can get um get near them over the next couple of years
0: yeah and definitely just while with Talking about your year, Stuart. I was just wondering, um, wh- when you came into the year, did you expect it to go so well? Because you've broken so many records, run so many crazy quick times. Uh, how did you feel coming into the year in terms of how you, what sort of shape you were in?
1: Um, yeah, I, th- I was confident that I was coming in off a good base phase. I kind of had some good training in Australia. Um, I'd come off a pretty solid 2019. Um, so I was confident that I'll, if everything went to plan, obviously there's a lot of variables in running. You, obviously you never know when you're going to be injured, sick or whatever. So I kind of had that base fitness behind me and I was kind of coming into races pretty confident. Um, training was indicating I was in good shape. So um, yeah, once I got over there, I was ready to roll. And that's kind of, you kind of build momentum race from race. You have a, you have a pretty good race and you kind of start feeling like you can take it to the next race, next race. And you kind of, yeah, get that flow on effect. So I think I was lucky that I had that this year and I kind of was able to piece together a few consistent races across the um the period we were overseas and just sort of to follow on from that I suppose
0: because you ran in so many different distances you've done 1500 3k uh, 5k and stuff what was your did you have a target for the year or did you just want to run as well as you can in all of the
1: races yeah I think it was just generally whatever race I was going in just run run the best I could at the end of the day you can pretty much only do the best you can and not worry too much about the times or who you're racing against so I was just um yeah whatever race I was going in I was going to try my best I'm kind of lucky that I can train similarly from whether I'm doing a 1500 or a 10k so my training doesn't change too much in that regard so it didn't really um matter what I was getting ready for um depending on the race I felt like I was able to um be able to perform pretty well um no matter the distance or the race that I was heading towards
2: and, and going into this season as well, do you like approach obviously last season? You probably thought it was an Olympic year as well, but after the season you had, do you like approach it a bit differently, sort of maybe peaking just for Tokyo, or what, what's sort of your mindset for that sort of just competitive stuff this year?
1: Yeah, I think obviously it's a little bit harder just because we have a major this year, and obviously, the Olympics is the pinnacle of our sport, that's the one you want to make sure you're ready to go by. Um, so, this year it's probably. I'm going to try and maybe be a little bit more cautious during this time of year, just to make sure I stay healthy. I don't feel burnout by the time I get to Europe. And then obviously when I get to Europe, I, I find that I can switch on and lock lock in um, before the races. So I'll be ready to go. So yeah, the big thing is just making sure that I don't do too much too early. And then I feel like I'm building fitness leading up to Tokyo. And then when I get to Tokyo, I feel like, yeah, I'm in, in peak condition. Cause that's obviously the most important, um, probably two weeks of the year um, across that. So, that's going to be the, obviously the big focus this year.
2: And, and what are you doing in Tokyo? What distance?
1: Um, so I'm unsure. I haven't actually decided. So I'll either be doing the 1500, 5K, 10K. I'll either do one or two two of those events. So um, yeah, I haven't decided I'm just going to let training take care of it. And I'll have a good understanding um, more towards Tokyo of what I think I'm going to have the best chance of being competitive in and, yeah, training will indicate that, and I'll kind of work out using the program what I think. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have the best chance in, and then I'll gear the last month of training right, right towards whatever event it's gonna be.
2: Yeah, that that ten k is gonna be very interesting to see what happens in that because chapter you you'd think he'd try and run away with it because I feel like Kip Limo especially, and then you as well if you if you're in that race, as well as a few other athletes like Farah and stuff. it go, it's gonna be interesting to see what actually how it pans out because. I don't know there's it's such a stacked field that I'm, I'm I don't know whether to expect like twenty six twenty or like something like really really
1: ridiculously slow so
2: it's gonna be interesting especially yeah, for the kickers I think
1: I think it's gonna yeah it's gonna be interesting race purely because there's so many guys with so many different skill sets like some guys obviously run fast some guys have big kicks like Murray or whatever so I think um yeah it's gonna be interesting how it plays out obviously um it's maybe not as easy to go to the front and try and hammer low 26, like Chapter the guy did um, without a pacer or when something's yeah. on the line. Um, Cause obviously he's probably going to go in favorite and you obviously put, put a fair bit of risk. If you go to the front 25 laps out and try and drop the top guys as well. So I think, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens, but all I know it's going to be, yeah, pretty, pretty loaded race. So if I'm in it, yeah, I'll have to make sure I'm in pretty good shape to be able to keep up as long as I can there. I I, uh, I think
2: Matt should go for the 5K, 10K double because he's he's been a part of the both, both the world records this year. So in both world records, he was technically was in front of Chapter Guy for all of the laps he raced. So I don't know. I feel like he's probably a dark horse in both of those races because he knows what the pace yeah. is like.
1: I think you have to team him up for the 10K. I can't see him wa- wanting to get around 25 laps. Um, but yeah, he hopefully he's in the 5K team. Um, I'm pretty confident he will be. Um. But yeah, I think he's too good at the 1500 at the moment that he'll probably um, stick away from the 25 laps if he can.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Australia as a, as a whole at the minute is some crazy runners at the minute. Like I, it's, it's weird to see sort of so many runners. I feel like it's happened in a few different countries at the minute as well. Like so many runners being at such a high level in one go. Um, so one question I wanted to ask you, who do you think would win in a DMR between you and the USA and also Great Britain?
1: Uh, um, yeah, I think it'd be pretty competitive. Obviously, those countries are loaded as well. Um, yeah. I'd have to say the Aussie boys. I think um, we've got good enough depth. I feel like we're tough races. Um, we've got the skills and the toughness. I think we can um, definitely match those guys. But I'd love to see the race happen one day. I think um, obviously the Brits have an awesome middle distance team at the moment, and obviously America is a powerhouse. So um, yeah, I think it'd be, it would be a pretty awesome race. But I think yeah, us Aussie guys can definitely match it with the best the best countries across the world. You that, see the enough. USA.
0: I could see the USA coming last in that three. Definitely. I I'd 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 have, have to agree yeah. with
1: you. I reckon definitely between us and the Brits.
0: Yeah. 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 Getting and
2: Norway into the mix as well would be interesting. Because if yeah, you get Yeah, throw a curveball. It'd be,
1: it'd be interesting to see if they could get a fourth leg, though.
2: Have probably the get, sister.
1: Brothers in yeah,
2: <laughs> Ingrid. Ingrid. Ingrid Britson's is probably free to race. Um, they'd probably stick wall home on something as well.
1: Yeah, true. If they had Warholm in the 400, that'd be yeah, pr- pretty pretty good little team as well.
2: So, so now we've thrown the Norwegian into the mix, we asked Matt this as well. Who do you think would win in a fight, and how do you think that would go out of the DMR teams? Norway, USA, Kenya, and Great Britain, and obviously Australia as well. Who Who's winning in a fight?
1: Um, yeah, I'd have to back in the Aussie, guys. I think I would be probably terrible, but I think most of us feel like we're kind of tough, coming from a lot of us are country boys, so um, I feel like we'd have a chance, but yeah, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe the other than the Aussies, I'd say probably definitely the Brit Brit boys would be next. I'm not not yeah, too sure about the American Louisiana. guys. I, I can't I can't see the American guys throwing too much weight around. Um, see,
2: but i I'd be pretty scared of the Norwegians, to be honest. Like Phillips, <laughs> known for punching people on the track, anyway, and Carlsson <laughs> seems yeah, like a nutcase.
1: I feel like Henrik's like like pretty big as well, so he definitely could throw throw a fair bit of weight around, but. Yeah, I don't know. I reckon it would be, um, yeah, be interesting. I'd probably prefer, prefer to avoid it if we could. Um, cause I don't, the Olympics overall, would sort out. For fully overall, all of the countries wouldn't be great. We're probably all a little bit skinny to be fighting too much.
2: That's what makes it interesting, though. Maybe that's what drives the sport forward, I feel like. Just get rid of heats and finals. No, sorry, get rid of heats and whoever, I don't know, somehow comes out on top on the fight gets automatic mm-hmm. placed into the final. Something like that. Could be interesting. <laughs> So on to some running questions, this is obviously a running podcast. These are some follow-up questions as well as some questions I'm I'm curious on. So there, there's obviously some cliché questions in there, but I think feel like it's good to know, especially after the year you've had. So what's your current mileage at the minute?
1: Um, so, yeah, generally it won't change a lot um, throughout the year. It kind of goes up and down depending on races or whatever um, and other variables, whether you're nursing an injury or anything. But, yeah, I'm probably running – 150 to 160 kilometers most weeks. Um, so I think that's probably 90 to 100 miles. I think two birds, yeah. pretty much too. So um, yeah, generally, if everything's going well, try and hit around that areas. Um, but obviously there's a little bit of variance depending on um, what type time of the season you are and just your racing schedule as well.
2: How, how I you read like... Stewie. Oh, it's... No, it's gone. It's fine.
0: <laughs> Sorry, it's a difficult Zoom. I read Stewie in an interview did that you don't wear a GPS watch when you're like, when you're doing your weekly training is that right
1: yeah so I don't wear it for anything um, I literally just run on a, I just have a, uh, a stopwatch um, so all my runs instead of doing a certain amount of K's, I'll just run 60 minutes I'll run um, I'll just wear uh, um, the stopwatch for the sessions whatever um, I kind of like it that way I just keep it pretty simple so technically I don't know actually know how far I'm running per week yeah. um, but I have a, a general idea just because I'll whether I'm running 60 minutes, it, I could run 13K in 60 minutes or I could run 15K, um, which I think kind of, for me, it makes it a bit easier to run how you're feeling rather than worrying what you're posting on Strava or whatever. Um, you don't get too competitive. You can kind of just run how you feel rather than worrying too much about um, yeah doing doing too much extra stuff to impress people online or anything. it has got to be pretty unique because I don't think there's many, there's many elite runners who aren't
0: running with the latest garmin the latest koros or, or whatever so um i was just wondering you know why why you decided to, to do that and not um sort of embrace the latest technology it's pretty yeah. liberating though in fact to say
1: i think yeah as i said i think it's just the, the, the fuel thing i kind of think it helps me just run how i'm feeling rather than looking at technology and kind of trying to base it too much on that i kind of like prefer to keep things pretty simple so that's kind of what i'm yeah what why i prefer using the, just a the stopwatch, and and also to be fair like just an example
2: i did a, i did like a threshold session last week and i was looking at my watch and it was saying like 315s like per kilometer for ages and then each each case split was like 305 and i was like so what's the point of looking at my watch seeing this pace of 315 if it's going to be like 10 seconds quicker so actually a lot of the time as well gps watches are actually quite like inaccurate as well so it sort of makes you feel a bit guilty and a bit crap, like if you're running slower than what you're expecting to run. Yeah,
1: that's why I think, like, simplicity-wise, it kind of uh, can throw you based on what you're seeing on your watch, um, especially threshold. If you if you have a set time in your head, you want to run 310 kilometers and you're having a day, you're feeling terrible or whatever, and you're running three you're seeing that time and going, oh, I'm going shit. Why? You should be running on the field. If you're feeling shit, you probably shouldn't push it as hard as you, you have been.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's, a
2: lot of people get sort of um, like obsessed with the pace, and sometimes it is it, it, well, all the time. It's better to just go off how you feel, isn't it? Really, because the threshold is going to be different if you feel terrible, because you're probably over your threshold if you feel terrible. So, also, sorry, I think you cut out there for a second. Or on mine, on mine, everything went silent for a second. So I'm not sure if if is, is everyone back now. Can everyone hear me? All right. Yeah, I've got you. Yeah. Alright, good. Um, next question is. This this came about because we currently just saw um, I think Jack Rayner was training in a Nike um, zoom elite, which is obviously an old shoe. But what what's your favorite training shoe?
1: Um probably for me I like the Pegasus, just the Nike Peggys so I pretty much do all my my easy running in it and then, other than sessions, I'll pretty much yeah, just wear the Pegasus. So I'd probably say training wise, they're my favorite shoe. Um I'll do sessions, I'll most most of the time wear the the four percent as well. So I don't mind. Um wearing them especially if you're on like a grass oval or like on the track surface or the road they're obviously pretty good um but yeah just the peggy's probably overall my favorite just because that you can you can wear them for anything like light sessions you can even jump in them but um yeah just for jogging i'll always wear them
2: yeah have you uh, have you tried the Vemiro 15 yet with the like the zoom
1: x film um, no, nah, I haven't. I pretty much yeah just stick to Peggy's. Um, yeah. ever since I've been Nike, I'm just a Peggy's guy. So, um, they've served me pretty well so far. So yeah, I kind of just just stick with the the Pegasus.
2: Yeah, as, as boring as that is, it's the best thing to do because what? Why would you change something what it what works? That, that's the key yeah, thing
1: I de- definitely. And I think obviously if you yeah you haven't got t- picked up too many injuries or anything from wearing wearing other shoes, you don't kind of need to really swap, which is kind of nice as well.
2: Have you have you tried the the bubble spike and the dragonfly? Have you tried like the what is it the air zoom victory elite and also the the dragonfly? And which one do you prefer out of them?
1: Um yeah, I've tried both. I yeah, I like I like them both. I think um any new spike techs obviously um pretty cool to try on, and I think yeah I I I like them both. I probably the dragonfly probably suits me a little bit more um because you can wear it for longer distances. Well, I feel like the the other one's more aggressive, um, but yeah, I've tried both and I really enjoy running both. So I think depending what what you feel comfortable comfortable in, they're both um, yeah pretty awesome spikes.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, they're, they're very interesting. Like I, I'm obsessed with like that bubble, like using the Tempo Next Percents. So the bubble, just it's just something about running with a bubble in the front of your foot, which just it just seems weird, but it's kind of nice as well. And obviously the Pegs have a bubble in as well, but you just can't see it. So, but yeah, the, the Pegs are a great shoe as well. Um, in terms of like running mechanics is there anything you try to do like to make sure you kind of have in the right form and stuff other than wearing arm warmers which
1: I'm guessing helps yeah performance enhancing arm warmers nah a lot of it's just um (laughs) like I'll try and get in the gym maybe once or twice two times generally if I can two times a week and I think that obviously helps a lot of injury prevention and obviously doing the weights and stuff helps boost your stability and stuff as well so um, yeah they're the big things for me um, but other than that it's just kind of listen to your body as well um, try not overdo it is a big thing because um, I think you, your running consistency obviously helps with a lot of the, the finer things as well so if you can stay on the park that's a, a big thing as well yeah on, on the arm warmers
2: what is the um, methodology behind that like what do you just like wearing them or is there is there something more like science-wise behind it
1: um, no, nah, I kind of just wore them for a race and I ran well and I kind of like just wearing them. So um I kind of just went from there. I was like, oh, if I'm, I'm running well with them on, I might as well just keep keep wearing them. But it kind of depends. I haven't been wearing them as much purely because it gets – especially like in races like Doha and stuff, it would be suicidal to wear them just because it's so hot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if, if it's hot conditions, I won't wear them. But if it's cold, I'll, I'll probably most likely pull them out because I do like running in them.
2: A- do, do you wear the – are the – are they the ones that are like the same as the um, Kipchoge marathon ones or are they a bit skinnier? Because like I've got the Kipchoge ones and they're a bit thick or are they like quite thin compressions?
1: Yeah, so they're pretty thin. So they're just like the matching race kit, kit ones generally. Um, so yeah, they're actually um, a lot lighter because a lot of sprinters have the heavier ones, which obviously for us long distance runners, not quite as easy to fill them out. So um, yeah, I kind of go for the, the lighter fit ones.
2: Yeah, I, I can never get them to fit my arms, to be honest. Like There seems to be always weird sizing because one part of my arm is the same size as the other because I haven't got any biceps. So it's always interesting. Um, Obviously, you've run a, an array of distances this year and very well. What, what would you say, what distance do you see yourself being best at if you could sort of pick one?
1: Um, I'm honestly not sure. Um, maybe in the middle of the 5K. Um, it's kind of like between the fifteen hundred and ten k. Um, I kind of probably, I like racing the three k because it's kind of in the middle as well. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm not sure. I'm kind of, I probably started out being better at the longer stuff, but then I've kind of got better at doing the fifteen hundred, the mile kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, probably in the middle overall. I think I probably have the best chance at um, doing the um, reaching the best like level in. But yeah, I'm still unsure. I'm kind of just trying to tick 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 all of them off if I can.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Um, when are you uh, going to try and reclaim the 10K Australian record?
1: Um, hopefully, at the Olympics, i I end up doing the 10K, I I'd love. I think it's going to be pretty fast with Chep the Guy in it um, if yeah. I do, do the 10K. But other than that, I'll probably... I want to run a fast one. I think I've got a lot of room for improvement over um, what my PB's at at the moment. So maybe the following year, I might look and target a, a quick one. Um, but... Yeah, obviously the focus this year is Olympics, so I'm not too too worried about trying to run crazy quick times until until the games come around.
2: Yeah, are, are you coming to the the UK this year, or because normally do you base in St
1: Mary's when you come down? Yeah, so ba- we're generally based in Teddington in London as well, so we use that St Mary's track. Um, it's kind of just up in the air what we end up doing, um, whether we can get over or whatever, just because COVID's um, still up up in the air. Obviously, you guys have a lot of cases over there, so we're kind of just <laughs> yeah. working out what what we're going to be able to do. Um, but hopefully we'll get over there and do a few races before Tokyo, if all goes to plan.
2: Yeah. I've, I've, one of the questions from Matt is actually about Teddington, So I feel like it's fitting to ask it now is, um, can you have you got a story about a haunted room in Teddington that Mo Farrah also stayed in or something?
1: That's what he's put. I hope that's right. Um, yeah. So, of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what he means. So pretty much in the house, the room I generally stay in, um, apparently Mo when he lived there at one point um, a while back, thought there was a ghost that lived in in that room in the house so um if anything creepy goes on in the house like a light switches off or you hear you're there by yourself and you hear a noise um you quickly blame it on the, the ghost in the house so um i'm not sure if the ghost has been spotted by anyone else other than mo but um yeah it's kind of just just remained that if anything weird goes around the house it's the ghost fault so um i'm hoping not to not to run into him any time but um yeah that that's how it goes in that story anyway
2: Be ideal. I'm, I'm not a fan of ghosts. To be fair,
0: you've actually seen a ghost, haven't you,
2: Yeah, I've I've seen many ghosts. Many. I don't, Do you, I don't like. In it.
0: fact, your but your room is
2: haunted. So you so you tell me anyway. No, it is. It is. So I, the other days, well, no, it was a few weeks ago actually. But I was like laying in my bed, and I left my door open because my cat was in my room, so I needed my cat to go out. And I heard like someone whisper my name at like three o'clock in the morning. And my girlfriend heard it as well, and we didn't say each other say anything to each other for like ages. And turned out, no one whispered my name, and it was just the scariest thing ever. And since then, I'm, I swear, I'm like some sort <laughs> of spirit medium or whatever. I'm, I'm probably going to start a, a ghost hunting channel or something. Uh, but yeah, and, enough about up. that because it's daft. But yeah, breaking news there: um, Trax is changing into a ghost hunting sort of sort of thing. I'll get onto that I'm in a second, serious. actually like tv programs and stuff because i've got some quick fire questions for you if that's all right um what, what's what's your favorite session
1: um i probably like the tuesday workouts we do so they're kind of like longer interval reps so um i kind of like the four by two k eight by one k type sessions. so um yeah they're probably the ones i like i like the most um why well, i probably the least probably i like the least is either long heel reps I don't yeah. really like whether we do six or eight hundred hill reps or I don't really like long running too much. So Sunday long run I don't really enjoy that much unless I'm in a good squad. So they're probably the two things I like the least, why kinda yeah, the, the longer intervals probably what I like the most.
2: Yeah. I feel like anything what's long by yourself, especially like if you don't have a group, it's just depressing, like doing it. So I, I don't blame you for that. The longer the long intervals, Joe, when you said Two by what was it? Four by two k and one by
1: eight k. Is that is that as a yeah. one one workout or is that two separate? No, workouts? so that's like two two separate ones. So generally our workouts will do maybe eight k worth of work. So um, whether it's yeah four by two k, five by a mile maybe or whatever, um, or eight by one k. Yeah, they're kind of yeah. typical typical workouts we'll do. Um, uh, generally on a Tuesday throughout a training week. Yeah, I'm I'm jealous of that because
2: I train with a marathon runner, so I feel like. 8K sessions are kind of a blessing for me. Um, what What's your favourite sort of, like, well, I don't know why I said favourite. I, I meant what's your proudest moment. That's what I've got written down here. I don't know why I tried saying favourite, but what, what would you say your proudest moment is?
1: Um, I'm not sure. Probably running-wise, um, maybe competing in front of my friends and family at the 2018 com Games, um, just because you grow up. Um, obviously watching the Commonwealth Games and I think being able to run in a major championship in front of your home crowd um, yeah. with your family and friends there was a was, was pretty special moment. So um, that's probably one I'll remember pretty fondly and it's probably um, was pretty special just having... Because not often when you race, you'll have a lot of people you know there. So I think to have that opportunity in front of a home crowd was um, yeah, something that was I definitely won't forget for a long time.
2: Uh, the commonwealth games always seems to be uh, like really nice places and i'm pretty sure the next one's at birmingham which is which is amazing because it's just like go from gold coast to birmingham
1: it's not quite the same um real both real sunny and good so yeah (laughs) Yeah. definitely big step up coming from gold Gold coast but yeah i actually don't mind birmingham so i'm kind of i generally run well when i'm in there so i'm kind of looking looking forward to that one yeah i've Okay, well, we'll move yeah, on from the Birmingham me. subject
2: because because no, I, I've never met someone in the UK who likes Birmingham, so it, it's nice to see an Australian likes Birmingham at least. Um, Motorways everywhere. It's a nightmare. The, the, the driving, driving, and driving like a car from Birmingham is hell because it's just roundabout after roundabout after roundabout. Um, but I'm sorry if anyone from Birmingham's listening to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your favorite food? I know that's a bit of a tangent.
1: Um I'll probably go for a carbohydrate food probably I love pasta pizza um but other than that I'd probably say either chicken parmigiana or a steak I probably my go-to when I'm out at a restaurant so um they're probably pretty highly uh but yeah other than that probably my other favorite's lasagna so I know when we when we're in London uh me and a few of the boys go often go to the pub next door and have lasagnas um pretty frequently so that's definitely one of the foods we enjoy. while we're in. London because they kind of that's one of the foods you guys do well over there so when I'm over there that's probably a pretty typical food I'll try and eat a couple times a week
2: I think Lloyd Kempson actually asked me to ask you um do you miss do you miss the Tedderton pub lasagnas
1: um yeah I do I think you guys do pubs so well over there um and yeah uh, we love it I think it's we probably love it a bit too much just because it's so convenient next to the house we can kind of walk walk over there in 30 seconds and then walk back pretty quickly so it makes it definitely a lot more enjoyable. We don't have to travel for, um, yeah, pretty good food as
2: well. It, it was funny because when, do you know, when Ryan and um, Jen came over and did the Milton Keynes 5K, um, I think they just got back from a European race and they came to do that. And it was like Ryan and like well the Gregsons and then also Lloyd was sat in this pub. and I just had lasagna there and I I, I walked past and I was like definitely don't have the lasagna because it was absolutely awful. Because I sort of knew that the lasagna was sort of like a sort of a favourite of especially of Lloyd. So, yeah, it, it depends where you go. Pub food's normally absolutely awful in the UK, so it sounds like you've actually got a decent decent one there.
1: Yeah, there you go, because every place we go in Teddington is pretty good, so, um, yeah, maybe Teddington's just a, a hub for not bad, bad pub food over there.
2: Yeah, London tends to be a bit more classy. Like, up, up, up here, if you go to a pub, you're probably not getting lasagna. It's probably more like horse meat or something, which has actually been a scandal <laughs> before, so. There you <laughs> go. Um, another quick fire question is What's your favorite film or movie? I don't know what you call it there because we've, we've got a bit confusion uh, with some American podcast guests when we say film, so hopefully, you, you call it
1: film. Um, probably overall, I, I love the Batman series, um, I love watching them when I was a kid, definitely, um, right up there's my favorite. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I used to always love Happy Gilmore as well. I don't think there's oh, too many funnier movie movies than that, so um yeah they're probably overall my top two favorites
2: i I think that that sort of um adam sandler happy gilmore billy madison sort of those and then what is it Waterboy as well those three films as a collective are just high quality films it's a shame he doesn't really make them like that anymore because they were they were great films
1: yeah he kind of kind of peaked a bit early for our gen we're kind of his new ones aren't so good so we have to throw throw back to his old school ones to get um yeah, some, some good quality movies. Yeah.
2: Happy Gilmore though is, is definitely one of my top favourite films, especially comedy. I it's just yeah.
0: <laughs> I could I could we're talk about it. Go on, sorry. I was gonna say we're quite lucky because they seem to play Happy Gilmore like every two months. If you go on one of the obscure channels on, on British TV, it's usually on. So if you ever just like I'm having a crap day just turn on Quest or, like, Dave or one of these obscure channels and Happy Gilmore will be on. There we go. We
1: need, the, we need those channels in Australia. <laughs> make, make, it a bit, make it a bit easier to watch it.
2: Yeah, it's definitely the highlight of the year for those channels. It's it's, it's yeah. normally those, you know, sort of, like, antique roadshow type of things. So, yeah, Happy, Happy Gilmore's great from them. What about TV series? What's, what's your favourite TV series?
1: Um, probably... The the series I liked the most on Netflix was the kind of the the Narcos trilogy. Um, I kind of liked all the all the three. I think there's three of them. Um, they played the the three I enjoyed the most. Um, I kind of like watching TV shows if they they kind of have some fact behind them. Yeah. So yeah, to see see um what happened in Narcos and kind of trying to understand how that actually happened in real similarly happened in real life's kind of um, pretty cool. And it's probably why I enjoy those shows so much.
2: I've actually, I've never watched Narcos. I tried getting into it and then I watched the first episode and I think I forgot and then deleted Netflix because a lot of it, do you have, is it Australian Netflix different to UK Netflix? I guess you don't know if there's a difference because-
1: So, nah, so it's it's different purely because you guys get stuff about six months before us. So it actually sucks when we're over there watching something and then you're like, oh, I'm gonna come back and finish it when I get back to Australia. And it hasn't even been uploaded on Netflix yet. So uh, you guys actually like it, you get all the stuff, yeah half a year before we do that's
2: actually funny so, so we get stuff half a year after the u.s and then you get stuff half a year after us yeah so
1: we're yeah. like the full year after the u.s pretty much so it kind of just work works down the netflix pecking order so you guys um yeah it sucks that you're six months behind but yeah it's better than waiting a full year after the u.s guys
2: yeah just just type in some dodgy website i'm sure you can watch it on there the amount of times i've got viruses on my computer from like trying to type in like what is it like let me watch this.com and stuff like that
0: I don't think we need to know what dodgy websites you're
2: going on. No, I, no I, I just meant film websites of trying to watch like, I think it's Game of Thrones. Like I was in Italy and I was trying to watch here. Game of Thrones. No, no, no. No. <laughs> next question. Next, definitely next question. Moving move on. on, move on. What's your favourite music or musical artists or some, whatever?
1: Um, I kind of like a, generally just a normal hip hop stuff. Um, I kind of like a lot of remix songs. Uh, probably another artist I really liked was Dizzy Rascal for a while. Um, he's always in my like, pre-race warm-up routine. I'll um, yeah, have him pumping a couple of songs. Um, but yeah, I kind of like a bit of old-school and I kind of like, especially you guys. I know he's a big over there, Craig David. I love Craig David. Yeah. it's not kind of not, not a big name in Australia, but over there he's pretty big. So yeah, he's definitely a guy. Um, I like listening to his old-school music as well. That's, yeah, that's funny.
2: There, he's absolute banger.
1: Absolutely banger.
2: Craig David's like national
0: treasure, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Like the Queen, Craig David. It's like pretty
2: (laughs) Pretty much even. He he just appears like he just appears on everything out of nowhere. Like any TV show, like even if it's like a crappy TV show, they're just like, oh, and we've got Craig David. It's just funny because he just he just gets around everywhere. But yeah, he's, he's good. He's good to be fair. Some definitely some summertime bangers. Um. It's summer there now, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, that so we're
1: riding, we're riding summer. So, um, yeah, our winter's generally like middle of May, June, July. Um, so yeah, we're dead bang in the middle of summer. I think it was thirty-seven degrees here yesterday. So um, yeah, pretty nice and hot. A fair, fair, um, fair cry from what it, I can imagine it's like in the UK at the moment.
2: Yeah, actually, I, as I look outside right now, there's actually some sun. Uh, reflecting from a car so you might be wrong there it's it's probably about what two degrees here at the minute i don't know yeah is the weather's just annoying though because you want it to snow and then it just rains and then it just ices over straight away so it's a nightmare for running this uh, uk winters are just depressing and so are summers because it gets like what peaks at like 22 on average and then some days you get like 30 for like a few days and then that's about it much rather be in australia i think that i think that's what everyone says in the uk though they just love going to Australia and then they just want to live there and never come back. Tends to tends to be what happens.
0: Yeah. Um, I've actually done a Christmas in Australia on the beach when I was like 14 and it is quite a bizarre experience though to be like I had a little Christmas hat on sat on the beach doing a barbecue that it is it's something you just difficult to get used to. I don't care how many times you do it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird because over here it's like everyone wants to do the white Christmas like you guys have but um, yeah I kind of like it here it's pretty cool having Christmas with the awesome weather um, being able to get down to the beaches or whatever so you boys will have to make it out make it out one year that was an invite I think I'll, that was an invite well yeah jo- Johnny Guzman invite.
2: that's fine That's def- I'll definitely take you up on that but I, they'll have to compete against Johnny Guzman as well because they've invited, invited us out as well and I know there's, I'm, I'm not sure if there is, is some rivalry there because it's two different training groups but you know I'll have to, I'll have to maybe, maybe go for Six months Maybe or have, six weeks on either
1: split, one. A split trip. Always yeah. welcome, boys. Thank you. I, I
2: appreciate that because Australia is definitely somewhere I want to go. I don't like spiders, though, so that's probably a big issue. Is, yeah, is that it's actually
1: an issue? Too, but you don't, yeah, you, they're not too, like, you don't see them too often here. Like, depends where you go, really. But the, the big thing down here is just snakes. That's the what snakes. You, you're probably more, more worried about, yeah.
2: What kind of snakes? I didn't
1: realise there were snakes a, as well. That's a big danger, especially if, if you're out in the country. Um, there's a fair few venomous ones. But yeah, in the city, you're, you're pretty fine. You're not going to... You're going pretty unlucky to run into one. Hey, I, I, I always think
0: about that. Spiders. <laughs> spiders, that. But snakes, I think I'd be okay. Like, unless it was like hissing at me or something. But oh, I know you say like... you don't see spiders very often in Australia, but when you do, they're like the size of your hand. So it's, like, it's a bit different to hear when you like see the odd money spider on your curtains or something.
2: It, it, could, be, it could be worse. Like you could be training in what, South Africa or like Kenya and stuff and just see a lion running next to you on your long run or something. <laughs> That'd probably be pretty pretty terrifying. Have you ever been training in South Africa
1: at, at that altitude? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Um, it looks cool though. I see a lot of guys go there and it's pretty cool seeing them. Pictures where you can see like the wildlife behind them. Yeah. Um maybe one day but Australia's pretty good to train over the summer as well so um, I'm not too phased too being here. That's fair enough.
2: Um Someone asked me to ask you how do you pronounce your last name?
1: Um So yeah over the years I've he- heard a whole different um range of things but the correct pronunciation's is Mick Swain.
2: Yeah I-, I thought that was like obvious like I don't know why someone asked that because it's it looks like that but what what else have you heard then? What what are some other oh, some yeah. other ways you've I heard feel to like say? people
1: just people just always um like stuff up the the eyn, so you hear like McSweeney, like McSweeney, yeah. yeah. They're just like they don't know because there's so like obviously it's a pretty common finish to a name. There's like so many variations how people people pronounce it.
2: Isn't isn't this might be terrible on my geography, but isn't it like Irish or something? Mc is that is that where nah, it comes so from? Yeah.
1: It's originally Scottish.
2: Ah,
0: okay. Josh lives Celtic, in Scotland. So. They're all Celtic, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not very
2: clued upon my geography, all that history, so. um, and One one last, uh, well, I've got two last little quick fire questions here. Do you have any hidden talents at all?
1: Um, nah, not, not too many. I'm pretty... Probably pretty ordinary at most things. So yeah, I don't really have any too many um, hidden talents. Um, pretty much at the moment, most of my time we're just going to running or uni. So um, yeah, I'm not doing anything crazy outside those boundaries. So um, yeah, I'd say pro- probably no hidden hidden talents. I I always worry
2: about that. Do you like if you ever have like a do you like a party trick or anything, I'd just end up like running like around the block or something, which is not very not very good party trick. So. just avoid bringing it up yeah just just turn up in split shorts and then i guess no one will ask any
0: questions
2: (laughs) so the question what you might have heard me ask at the start when you were joining i hopefully you didn't because it's quite interesting one it's a it's a shag Mary, avoid. um ryan gregson brett robinson and jack rayner
1: um gee that's a tough one um I'd probably go, uh, um, Mary Robbo, just because one of my best mates, he'd be fun to hang out with. Um, Shag, maybe Shag or Shag, yeah, Shag Grego. He's, he's a bit older than Rain, he's probably a bit more, bit more experienced. And then obviously, avoid Rainer, but yeah, I think that's a pretty hard three to have. Normally, you have a, a pretty ordinary. At least one of them is an ordinary option. So, um, yeah, that was, that was um, kind, of, kind of a little bit tougher than normal.
2: Yeah, well, it's, t- it's a tough question. I, I was going to throw Ramson in there as well, but I feel like that would be an easy to avoid Ramson straight away.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm, hopefully he's not listening to this because he's actually asked another question, which I actually want to bring up. How, how are you for time, by the way? Are you all right? Or what, what time do you sort of need to get out of there? By...
1: Yeah, I'm sweet. I've got time all for right. another
2: question too. Okay. Um, Ramson has asked, "Can you go into detail on your week in Sweden between some races? Is I'm not sure if there's any context behind that, but Swedish lasagna or something like that? Just
1: um, yeah, we kind of it was just a not we had kind of race at both ends in the week, um, so we had a week to spare in Sweden, so it was pretty much just a boy tri- boys trip me and Rambo, so we just uh, spent a week together in Sweden, just cruising around." We're kind of staying at like a campsite type place. So it was pretty low key. Um, but yeah, it was a fun boys trip. We're kind of, most nights we just get out on the lime scooters, jump around the place, check places out. Um, we were eating out pretty much every night, lasagna, pasta, whatever. So um, yeah, it was an awesome trip. Just me and him just rolling out for a week. So um, in a foreign country for us as well. So it doesn't get much, too much better than that. Um, th- this
2: next one's a terrible question, but someone asked it. Who would win in a fun war between you and Matt? Matt Ramsden, who do you who do you think?
1: Um, yeah, I'd probably go. I'll go. I'll give it to Matt. Yep. Um, he likes to he likes to think his biceps are pretty big, so I'll I'll give it to him. I don't know if he would win, but I'll will give it to him.
2: He seems quite lanky as well, so I bet he's got like quite a long form or something like that, and he might have some yeah. Extra I reach think ov-
1: overall, I think we we both would be pretty ordinary, but yeah, we'll we'll let him have it. I don't want to knock his confidence around too much in case yeah. he's listening.
2: That's fair. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's crying somewhere now. On on to some deep questions, if that's okay. I say deep, they're not they're not really that deep at all, to be honest. But we like we like to we like to think. So first one, if you could change one thing about the sport, what would it be?
1: Um I think generally, especially in Australia, I'd probably be the the marketability of the sport kinda it probably falls a, lot, a long way behind the other big f- forms of sports down in Australia, whether it's Australian rules, football, cricket. Um, it's kind of more of a niche sport than um, being a big sport. So I'd love to see it become more marketable and obviously a lot bigger because, like, you see a lot of people jogging around and a lot of people run, but racing-wise, it's not quite as big as it could be, especially compared to Europe. So I'd love to see, um, see it get a lot bigger um, racing-wise.
2: Yeah, I think that's the big thing, that there's lots of people who do the sport, but actual fans of the sport is probably a lot lower. Um, what, is yeah. there any, do you think there's any like key ways to do that, like to try and make it more interesting, or do you think it's just a, the whole sport as a whole just needs to, like revamping?
1: Yeah, I think a revamping would be good. Obviously, there's no races live on Australian like, TV or what, whatever, so it'd be awesome if they could have one day, get to the point where they're able to televise races um, on free-to-air TV down here. Which obviously helped the sport grow a lot because obviously all the other main sports, tennis, cricket, AFL, you see on the TV, um, and people can just sit at home and watch them, which makes it a lot more accessible to people as well. Yeah, is it
2: is it the nitrous games? What's in Australia? Is that is that always in Australia, or is it just?
1: So they had the like the nitro league one year, but it kind of yeah. didn't take off, and then it um, it hasn't been on TV since. So uh, I think that's yeah, quite a cool no, concept. No, yeah, I think obviously there was, they probably had room where they could have improved it um, based on that it didn't go ahead the next year. But um, yeah, it was kind of, at least they were trying different things and trying to revamp it down here, which kind of having Usain Bolt down as well helped draw a bit of attention to it from the public, not just the people that follow athletics um, as well.
2: Usain Bolt actually joined the football team in America, in in Australia as well, didn't he? Like Was it like Melbourne yeah, or so Perth, he's something?
1: Quite... He, so he's playing for the Central Coast Mariners down here. So I think, um, yeah, it's we're not great at soccer as a whole. So I think it's a pre- pretty low standard league. But it was kind of cool, um, kind of cool having him down here. I'm not sure how he went. I think he was just on a, a couple of months contract. But it was cool seeing him have a goal at it anyway.
2: Yeah, I, f- I think he's got two goals on his debut. But I guess, I guess, like <laughs> you know, it, it can happen when you can run nine, nine points something and just running against defense. So yeah, he'd um, yeah yeah I don't, I don't think his future is in football i think it's in partying and partying in jamaica which seems to be his favorite favorite thing to do yeah
1: he's probably not too bad at it yeah
2: no definitely not and last last few questions is what what do you think and i'm sorry to ask you this because i would never be able to answer it but what do you think the best decision you've ever made is uh
1: probably for me it's to stay doing uni i think obviously a lot of runners don't do uni they kind of just go all in at running so I kind of think to keep doing uni for me was the important one because now I'm only less than a year away from finishing my uni degree. So that'll be cool to have that in my back pocket whenever I decide my running days are done and I'm kind of not going to be um, running full-time anymore. So, um, yeah, I think that was a big decision and I think it's been a good decision so far.
2: What, what are you sitting at uni?
1: So I'm starting to be a secondary physical education English teacher. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm when I'm not running, I'm trying to... Yeah, tick, tick that degree off where I can. Um,
2: I actually, I haven't asked you. Sorry, I haven't asked you, like, sort of, how did you get into the sport? Was it, was it like, the typical, you used to play a different sport and then you came over to running? Or was it always, did you always, like, love running?
1: Nah, so pretty much, yeah, I would play, like, footy stuff or whatever down here. Yeah. And then kind of, I was just, I started doing, like, just the inner school stuff um, when I was probably 12. And then it was kind of the sport I was best at. So I kept on with it until... When I was probably 16, I kind of focused more on it compared to the other sports, just because, um, especially when you're playing like Aussie rules, footy and stuff, it's real real contact. So you kind of, doesn't work too well with running. So you kind of had to make a decision what, what you're going to focus a bit more on.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I tried doing as many sports as possible for as long as possible. And I feel like as soon as you get to like, a certain amount of mileage as well in running, it's just, you could just can't do it because you, you just ache too much from like contact sports and stuff yeah definitely and the last question i have is 10 years time where do you want to look back and like what what would you be like happy with 10 years time like where do you see yourself
1: um yeah i think in 10 years time obviously i'll be retired um yeah i'll i'd love to still be mates with all the guys that in my training group most of them are my pretty much my best mates anyway so um yeah i'd love to still obviously be mates with those guys um and kind of just look back on my career. I think that I did the best I could. Um, obviously, if you can tick off a few major championships, pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I think by that stage, hopefully I'll um, I'll be working as a teacher in a school and I'll kind of um, hopefully be coaching some guys as well. I think I'd love to stay in the sport um, and coach um, and try and give back a little bit. Like, obviously, I've had a lot of great coaches across the year, so years. So, yes, so I'd love to kind of, um, yeah, be able to, to um, coach at some point as well when I'm done.
2: Yeah, I, I find that funny because Matt said exactly the same, 10 years' time, hopefully he's retired. You're both really young, so don't, don't, you, don't you see like a road career or anything down the line? Because Kipchoge is what, uh, like
1: 42?
0: Yeah, as say, yeah maybe.
1: I'm not sure. I think, um, yeah, 10 years is a fair bit of time. So if my body and everything is still gone by then, I'd be pretty happy if I'm still running. But uh, yeah, otherwise I'll, I'll be happy coaching instead of running by that point.
2: Yeah, just see how long it takes before your knees your knees start giving. Like that tends to be what happens, is not it? I think that's what Matt said anyway. He, he don't he don't want to be a cripple when he's an old man, so he, he'd rather get out of the sport when he's when he's at his, when he's at his best. Uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on, and good luck in the twenty twenty one season. And hopefully, we can have you on as a sort of an Olympic medalist panel maybe after Tokyo. Love it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Cheers. No, no worries at all.